sounds like something out of like a Marvel comic book. Vroom! Hello and welcome to This is Cannabis from X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. I'm your host, Lee Henderson, co-founder of Portland Craft Cannabis Company, Hot Five Farms. With me in the studio today is my co-host, Emma Chasen, the founder of Eminent Consulting. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are We're you? We're kind of matching a little bit right we now. We are. We got a lot of maroon and I mean the classic black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good... It's I. It's working for me. It's working for you. Yeah, I, feel, I feel rarely good. wear red tones. This is probably like my my one red tone. I'm generally all in black. Me too. Constantly in yeah. mourning. Dark jeans and a black jacket and a yep. black shirt and a black hat. Yep. And black glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, watched Russian Doll last weekend. You did? Crushed it in one night. Yes. That's how you have to watch it. Loved it. Right? Oh my God. Isn't I can't wait amazing? to watch it again. It's Yes, me too. Let's talk about it. It's but it's phenomenal. The, phenomenal. The Russian humor. Doll is a show on Netflix, uh, which is easily bingeable and s- incredibly cool. Yes. And good. Oh, so cool. The music is so cool. Yeah. The the cinematography, Leone, the acting, yeah. the humor, the the like dark, the subject matter. twisted yeah. nature of it all. I love. I it. read like fifty or fifty deep dives on it once I'd finished it. I had, I, I swear to God, I had been because it was very like you know it was getting talked a lot about in sort of the cultural press. Yes. And I was just bookmarking all of these girls to be like, God, I can't wait to watch this show. I just mm. need to find. I need like a four hour period of time basically yeah. to kind of to kind of crush it. My wife and I watched it last last Friday night together, and um, and then I read and I did this just gigantic deep dive on everything, and mm. uh, it was it was just so good. Cannot we? This was so th- for for what it's worth. This was Emma's recommendation. Maybe not last episode, but the episode before. Yeah. And um and now it's my top of the hour recommendation. <laughs> Loved it because it's so good. It was so good. So good, and the episodes are only like twenty minutes. Yeah. So just they just boom, 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 inhaled boom. Inhaled it. Yeah. Just totally inhaled it. Good. Uh, Russian Doll, so I'm glad fun. you liked it. Yeah, it was so good. Um, okay, so we have a great show today. We do. Uh, we have some wonderful women so in the we, studio today. Um, our first return guest. Yeah, which I mean, of course, Doctor Eighty, just brilliant, eloquent yes. neuroscientist mm-hmm. coming back. Coming back. We're we're trying to. I think with she'll, she'll. You know, they have like the Five Timers Club on SNL. <laughs> yep. Dr. Adie Ray, it's the uh, two. For, she's the beginning of the two timers club, and hopefully, hopefully soon to be the three timers club. Boom. Yeah. So we'll see how. Is that how math works? I. That is how math works. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, all right. So let's go to that episode now. Awesome. The subject of today's show is going to be the Cultivation Classic. The Cultivation Classic, which is produced by Willamette Week and takes place May 17th and 18th at Revolution Hall, is the only competition for craft cannabis produced in Oregon with a regenerative approach, paired with an exceptional public education event curated especially for thought leaders, policymakers, producers, bud tenders, and consumers. The event culminates in an epic awards ceremony celebrating winning chemovars in categories from terpene diversity to overall dependability, best hemp to best type 2 flower, and Oregon's regenerative Cannabis Farm Award. Joining us today to discuss are Steph Barnhart, Program Director for Willamette Week's Cultivation Classic and Operations Director for Smart Cannabis, and Dr. A.D. Ray, formerly Dr. A.D. Wilson-Poe, Academic Neuroscientist and Science Maven at Smart Cannabis. Uh, longtime listeners of the show will remember Dr. A.D. from her appearance on episode 18 of This is Cannabis. That episode's title was Cannabis's Role in Tackling the Opioid Crisis. Steph and 
80. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So before we launch into all things Cultivation Classic, I wanted to ask you both to tell us a little bit about yourselves, please. Sure. I'll start. This is 80. Uh, So I, as you said, I'm a neuroscientist who's been studying the interaction between opioids and cannabinoids for all of my academic career. And then somewhat my my interest in Cultivation Classic began as a keynote speaker about, you know, my academic work. And then it was just so exciting to be a part of it and and to be on stage and be in the room with all of these amazing topics that I asked Steph, how can I be more involved? And so from then, we've really built a lot of the improvements in Cultivation Classic and the evaluation process together. And it's really a unique opportunity to answer the kinds of questions and and test hypotheses that we can't test in the framework of federally funded research. Wonderful. Mm. I'll just say that I was in the third row for your keynote speech and you blew the doors off the place. Agreed. <laughs> Co-signed yeah. that. Were we sitting together? I think we were sitting together. Yeah. yeah, right up front. It was amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Triple co-signed. Triple co-signed. Um, I agree. This is Steph. I, I'm an events producer yeah. and began the development of Cultivation Classic with Jeremy Plum and the team from Pharma back in the fall of 2015 when I was the full-time events director at Willamette Week Mm -hmm. and at the time had also been dabbling in many other industries, including beer. And simultaneous to the development of Cultivation Classic was another new event that the team at Willamette Week and I were developing called the Oregon Beer Awards. Mm -hmm. And in a similar way, there's a competition on the back end and an award ceremony on the front end. and, And that really kind of paved the foundation for what now is this machinery of of the competition side of cultivation right, classic so it was a great model yeah. we were able to take the template revise it and um come out the other end with something that also worked for cannabis you are not an events producer you are the events mm. producer. capital t <laughs> here, here. Double e. for what it's worth mm-hmm. all right so the cultivation classic uh my first question is um at a philosophical level this conference is a real departure from your more standard cannabis conferences how would you guys describe those differences Yeah, I often say that Cultivation Classic is decidedly not a trade show. Mm -hmm. There are many B2B expo center, convention center, floor style trade shows. 100% serve a purpose, bring people together, zero shade. I go to many of them myself. And Cultivation Classic is not that at all. And um, what we're trying to create is something very much more Portland very much more um, indie or, or I guess boutique, though that word brings about an air of exclusivity that I don't necessarily like. But mm-hmm. um, just the choice of venue, as an example, really sets, I think, Cultivation Classic apart. That venue, of course, being? Revolution Hall mm-hmm. in inner southeast Portland. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think another thing that really sets the Cultivation Classic apart from other cannabis events and, and cannabis competitions is that a lot of those other competitions are somewhat, you know, centered around consumption and they're really centered around um, marketing, frankly. And, and you know, again, no shade. There's right. there's a desperate need for marketing for an industry that has no way to advertise. So I get that. But for us, it's it's less about uh, it's less about the marketing and it's 
less about the consumption and it really is about the science. It is really about objectively determining which is the best flower using a very rigorous process. So that that for me, you know, obviously from a science background and, and from a scientist's perspective, that's the the totally completely different thing about the cultivation classic is the scientific objectivity. So the conference itself is being held at Revolution Hall, but in addition, there is a city-wide series of satellite events going on around the city all weekend long, which is so cool. Um, can you first set the scene for us inside the main event, inside Rev Hall, and then also tell us about all of those other happenings? Yeah, this is a, a new template to Cultivation Classic this year, though not a new template to the events world. Mm-hmm. Um some listeners may have attended Feast Portland or Design Week Portland or South by Southwest right. if you're listening mm-hmm. not from Oregon or Portland. Um, this is my vision, is that what Cultivation Classic does for the for the national and international cannabis science community reflects what Feast Portland does for the national and international yeah. foodie community. Like it's like you have Festival. to be here for it. Yeah, come conduct your cannabis-related business or otherwise um, in Portland while being in town for Cultivation Classics. So setting the scene inside the main events venue, Revolution Hall, is this incredible property in southeast Portland that was a high school and is now a totally repurposed shared office space and performing arts venue. Mm -hmm. There is a rooftop bar and a restaurant. And this year we're also adding in a headquarters space where there are going to be some really fun installments and activations to participate in while you're picking up your badge. Um, and then their auditorium where, where the speakers and main stage conversations will take place throughout Saturday afternoon is a, a world-renowned um, state-of-the-art you know, ex, uh, auditorium experience sure. for folks. I recently saw really like, beautiful property. Joan Baez perform there. Totally. Wow. Yeah. 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 Live Wire Radio is on live at that stage often. And so the satellite events then will complement this sort of main stage or really like TEDx approach to speaking in a variety of ways. So everything from retail partners offering badge holders discounts right. um, to yoga to uh, educational workshops, that schedule will be released soon, mm-hmm. probably in April. Parties, there may be some um, partners generating some cool like tasting or consumption opportunities that are in conjunction with the weekend, but not directly related to, you know, what your ticket to the event gets you. Um, There's going to be a really incredible list of things going on that should make for a great four-day experience. How do people find out for uh, when these, what what these events are going to be? Cultivationclassic.cc, not .com, cultivationclassic.cc or on Instagram at cultivationclassic. Word. I love that it's a hub. I I think of Portland, Oregon as the one of the only cannabis industries like that really are dominated by the nerds, cool <laughs> yeah. nerds yeah, yeah. doing really cool science and so it makes sense that this would be like the the main orbit for those kinds of conversations to happen. Totally. Love that. We're going to have an infused dinner with Chef Leather Stores. Mm. On Friday afternoon, of, there's going to uh, be Noble something Rot, of right? Noble Rot. Yep. You got it. Um, there, there's uh, something really special just for growers and the production 
community to come together around some hot topics for them to discuss with each other, best practices and commiserate and, and share victories and woes on Friday afternoon. That will bleed into a speed networking event for them. And then on the back end of things, after the main stage conference awards ceremony and after parties on Saturday, um, we're also working to bring back this amazing concept from last year called the Bud Tender Appreciation Brunch. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was wonderful. And actually hosted at your house, Lee. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was fun. It was I, really I it. fun. Yeah, yeah. It was really fun. Steph, you, moving on, um, you described the event to me when we were talking about what we were going to talk about on the show today as really being two distinct silos. The first being uh, it's a public-facing event, which we've been talking about, but also um, there's also a machinery behind the scenes that makes the competition what it is. Can you explain to our audience that distinction, please? Yeah, definitely. I think actually that Dr. Aidy is the best okay. possible, sure, most sure. eloquent speaker about how to talk about the competition separate from all this event stuff we've Very just well. been laying out. Right. So we mentioned two of the important components of the competition or the evaluation process, Uh, because really it's almost not appropriate to call it a competition. It's really not. It's an objective evaluation of all of the cultivars, uh, all of the different flowers that are submitted as entries. So we talked about already how we have this beautiful um, set of plant data that's produced by Cascadia. Once we uh, take all of the, those flowers, route them compli- compliantly all the way through the state system, package them into blinded judge kits. One very exciting component of the evaluation is training the judges. So the day that they come to pick up their kits and, you know, we check their ID, make sure everybody's got um, everything. We we walk them through the survey and we also start the conversation with the judges, as, you know, from a, a vantage point of gratitude. So we realize that this is quite a large undertaking for people to mindfully go through, you know, 11 or so different samples and really take the time to think about and and feel how that product makes them feel and to report back to us. And so, yes, it is, you know, for a lot of our judges, it's a real honor and it's so much fun to be involved in this process. But we also know that we're, we're making a big ask of them. So at the judges training event, we, you know, we talk about all of these things and the importance of, you know, the consuming these samples mindfully and, you know, produce or uh, reporting back their experiences with, you know, high fidelity. So that's a, a huge component of the evaluation. And then once we have all of their um, responses, that's when we start doing all of the heavy data analysis to okay. really determine. Can I stop you right there and ask mm-hmm. you before we get to the analysis, what are some of the metrics that the the judges like are using to evaluate this, this right product. so Steph could probably actually talk about how the how the cultivars are scored she's got that down okay yeah so these judges give us a lot of feedback and two of the pieces of that feedback are really used for the bulk of what score is spit out for you know who's going to win a trophy you're right it's an evaluation but we do also have an award ceremony and um so they're evaluating on aroma desirability how much did i like how this smelled and overall likability did i like my experience with this plant zero to ten and we use that as a 65% of the weight of the overall score is based on this subjective effect data we, we garner from the judges. We also have a, a small team of seven people called the SMART analysts. We refer to them internally as our SMART squad, mm-hmm. who are very knowledgeable plant people. 
Um, many have extensive botany experience growing or breeding, and others have um, backgrounds in wine or beer or other really palate, um, really amazing palates. Yeah. yeah. And they spent an entire day doing a QC and aroma deep dive on all entries. So while this large group of 150 judges goes forth into the month of March with just 10, 11, or 12 flower samples. Talk about March Madness, by the way. Sorry. March Madness. This team of seven analysts each spent uh, some amount of time doing aroma deep dive and QC. Were there any contaminants? Um, how is the moisture of this product over the course of an entire day? And then the third component of how we select which should be receiving a trophy at the end is the Resource Innovation Institute's power score tool. Right. And that's 10% of the weight. It's not a required part of the application for producers, but should they choose to participate in filling out the power score tool, which is a pretty extensive, um, a little bit time-consuming option for them. They submit you know, utility bills and information about yeah. the energy practices at their production facility. And then because of our partnership with RII, we get a score for you know, basically good, better, or best. And that also factors right. into RII how quality. is, again, sorry to interrupt, the Resource Innovation Institute, which measures sort of sustainability, both carbon and water usage uh, in cannabis production. We've had Derek Smith on the show. Mm -hmm. I forget which episode that was, but listeners can go back to the podcast to hear all about that. So real, there are really... Uh, really important group of people, one of whom I've I've supported for a long time. We were Hi-Fi Farms. We were the first ever um, company that they worked with. We were their first, I think, Gold Star. That's awesome. Client, mm, client company, whatever it is. Mm. Um, great group, and one whom I cha I champion, and I recommend all uh, cannabis cultivators to check out because of what they do is so important. Because hey, the world's on fire. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> exactly. What we can do about you know not making it worse, the better. I think. Um, right. So, so that's how so, we yeah, spit so. out, you know, winners in categories. What are the categories? We separate um, by light type and plant type. Sun-grown, type 1, type 2, and type 3 plants all have their own categories. Supplemental light-grown plants, type 1, type 2, and type 3. Right. And this year, new to the cup, was hemp. Mm. Oh. That's so exciting. Very exciting. How many entrants did you get for hemp? I mean, like, how you know? Five. Five. Yeah, I mean wow. it's brand new. That's brand great. New. Yeah. That's great. That's super That's cool. That's really great. And and those uh, plants are mixed into the CBD kits for judges. So type three entries and hemp are all being evaluated by a small subsection of our judging team. Right. So so when we were recruiting judges, which also we, we put a lot of effort into this year, making sure that the uh, panel of judges represents the Portland metro area in every metric we could you know possibly cover. Uh, so we've got a very diverse group of humans. But we asked them a, a few really important questions, uh, namely, you know, what's your comfort level with THC? Because one of the most important things is that we don't want anyone to have a bad time. Right. We don't want any adverse events. We don't want any emergency room visits. So if someone's not comfortable, comfortable consuming a 30% product, we probably shouldn't give them a 30% product. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have a subset of judges who get a, a CBD dominant kit. And, and in that kit, that's where these new hemp products are going to be mixed in. Word. Yeah. So what are some of the awards that people wind up winning? Right. So and then I want to ask you, I'm sorry, I do want to ask you to tell the story of the, um, the seven percenter that won last year. Oh, yeah. Mm. Please. Gladly. In addition to these categories, so, yeah. you know, that I just mentioned, light type, plant type. Right. We also have five other types of awards. Mm -hmm. 
two of them relate to production facilities. So we have an opportunity for outdoor producers to be recognized as the winner of the Regenerative Cannabis Farm Award. And we have a new opportunity that I'm about to post to social media today about uh, an equivalent opportunity for indoor or supplemental light producers to be recognized for their energy reduction attempts and um, kind of standout stories in the world of... uh, yeah, production efficiency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a partnership with mitigation. Yeah, with yeah, with yeah. Derek and the Resource Innovation Institute. So those are two separate awards, and then there are two terpene awards that we introduced last year. One was for terpene intensity, and one was for terpene diversity. There's a committee of folks that parse through all of the laboratory data and determine which chemovar's lab story we want to tell on stage, and then. AD should definitely talk about the fifth one. Right. So we have a really special category, the credible cultivar. And what we're doing is we're looking for which flowers produce the most consistent effects across all of the judges who consumed it. So we know that from a consumer's perspective, it's really disappointing to buy a product and then not get the effect that you were expecting. Um, And, you know, it's it's wasteful and, and, you know, not fun. So we really want to identify and and celebrate those cultivars that do produce reliable and consistent effects across people. So this is an especially um, important award for me. And we, we actually look at all of the data. We you know So some of the questions that Steph is using to determine like subjective likability, because likability is important. You have to enjoy this product. And that's one of the reasons people buy flowers, because they like it. Right. So that goes into the score. But what goes into the credible cultivar is we're, we're asking a bunch of different kinds of questions about what kinds of experiences they had, how did it actually affect their body and their psychology. And by combing through all of the data that we're collecting, then we can find which of those cultivars produce the most consistent effects across the judges. And so the the example uh, being last year's winner of, of that award. This, right. is a, this is a great story. So, so I think actually the credible cultivar was OG Pie Breath. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. we have a different... The, the Light Me Up is yeah. a good, different kind of story, right. I guess. But this is a good segue. Let's talk about Light Me Up. So Light Me Up was a category winner for a type 2 flower. So for your listeners that aren't familiar with those categories, a type 2 is a mixed ratio of THC and CBD. So this was a category winner, and they got a trophy. And what was really interesting is that of all the, f- the flowers that were on the stage, all of our category winners, Voyager 1 with 31% THC, Light Me Up produced significantly more euphoria than all of the other ones that were on stage. So it beat out this this 31%er. And uh, as a result, Light Me Up actually ended up fetching $200 more per pound because of its, you know, notoriety and its mm-hmm. ability to produce this effect. So, well, so this is this is really encouraging to me because I, from a health perspective, I'm I'm watching all the statistics about high potency products, you know, causing hyperemesis and causing, you know, uh, acute. Psych- what is hyperemesis? I'm oh, sorry, sorry a, a, a cyclic vomiting. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it okay. makes people really nauseous. So, if you have too much cannabinoids in your system, it can actually make you nauseous. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm that's associated with high doses of. 
THC, you know, um, ER visits because someone feels like they're going to die. That's associated with high doses of THC cannabis use disorder. That's associated with high doses of THC. So I'm looking at a, a product that is more euphoric than all of these other high potency products. And it also has this nice moderate effect that might reduce those risks for all of those other nasty side effects that nobody wants anyway. So that's really encouraging to me, you know, just from a public health perspective. What did Let Me Up test that? So it was 7.3% THC. That's the kicker of the story to me. Yep. Yeah. That's the one that won yep. and everybody loved. Was, exactly. Yeah. So Again, with, I'm sorry, in, in a blind, CBD. when 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 you get, were given no sort of numerical information about it, the 7%. That's was right. The thing everybody chose. That's right. And who was the uh, cultivator? Bull Run. Bull craft Run. Cannabis? Yes. Bull Run Craft awesome. Cannabis. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Last question before we go to our break. Why would people who aren't in the cannabis industry come to this event? <laughs> I can take that one. So, one of the amazing things about cannabis is that, for the most part, you know, here in Portland, and, and especially, you know, in conversations like this, where we're all kind of steeped in the industry, and this is what we talk about and think about and breathe every single day, you know, uh, we we somewhat forget that the rest of the world is out there with this impression that cannabis is one thing. Right. It's this it's this intoxicating thing that makes you eat Doritos and you know, yeah. sorry, potato chips. No trademarks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll Um, it's this you know it's this intoxicant that makes people lazy so what's brilliant about this entire process is that it's a real eye-opener to anyone who's not comfortable or who you know who um, who has a predisposed idea of what cannabis is because it really is a very thorough not only education but also a celebration and it's something that's really inspiring and you know for even for those that that are in the industry it is you know a, a cause for innovation and inspiration but for someone who you know is not at all familiar with it it is an excellent opportunity to see you know all of these inspiring people who have come out of the green closet as cannabis users themselves all of the innovation that's happening all of the you know value and rigor and reproducibility and the sustainability these are all really exciting topics no matter no matter who you are right on all right let's take a break there We'll be right back with Dr. A.D. Ray and Steph Barnhart of the Cultivation Classic. You are listening to This Is Cannabis on X-Ray FM. This Is Cannabis is brought to you by the Open Cannabis Project. The Open Cannabis Project is an independent nonprofit whose mission is to build a transparent and open source platform of cannabis data. Thanks to nearly 80 years of prohibition, cannabis is suffering from a bad case of both misinformation and missing information. The Open Cannabis Project is on a mission to fill this information gap, creating a public records database that can help bring fairness and transparency to everything from intellectual property disputes to lab result issues. Learn how you can donate your anonymized chemical data and help fill the information gap at opencannabisproject.org. All right, and we are back. If you were just joining us, you were listening to This Is Cannabis on X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. 
My name is Lee Henderson, and with me in the studio is my co-host Emma Chasen, and our guests today are Seth Barnhart, Program Director of Willamette Week's Cultivation Classic and Director of Operations for Smart Cannabis, and Dr. A.D. Ray, formerly Dr. A.D. Wilson-Poe, Academic Neuroscientist and Science Maven at Smart Cannabis. We're going to have to talk about what Smart Cannabis is mm. before the end of the episode. Um, but first, for the second segment, I wanted to preview the truly excellent content that you guys have lined up for uh, the Cultivation Classic. First off, can you tell us about the MCs? Yes, we can. We have in the past used a more traditional conference template for this main stage, meaning maybe there's a panel with four voices, and, and as incredible as those four voices are, and with the moderator, they only each get five minutes total to talk, or um, a more like lecture hall 101-style presentation with slides. And again, you sort of scratch the surface of what these subject truly, like, expert subject matter, you know, amazing individuals coming from all over the globe to this event are really capable of discussing. And we spent a lot of time in development in the off season this past year, thinking through ways to make the main stage content a lot more juicy. And so Ooh. this year we have two journalists who are not from the Oregon market, but who are incredible. Um, Shango Los, who has his own mm. podcast called Shaping Fire, and Amanda Chicago Lewis, who has bylines in a ton of publications. Yeah, Rolling Stone you know, Magazine. From, and, you got yeah. it. BuzzFeed mm -hmm. and uh, many. GQ. Um, so they have generously offered to join our sort of content development team this year and have shared a lot of personal insights into, you know, conversations that are relevant to a wide number of people and who should best represent those conversations. And so together we have generated what I think is a really, really exciting group of six or seven conversations where Shango or Amanda will enter into a dialogue, um, like live journalism approach to learn more from these subject matter experts and, and dive a lot deeper. Mm, yeah, I love the the accessibility of like the conversation style and how engaging it is compared to the traditional way that we all think about learning, which is from school where you sit in a lecture hall and you watch a power pre PowerPoint presentation. Um, just like having two people be able to engage in conversation and dialogue is so much more authentic and mm -hmm. just interesting. Yeah. And yeah. there's there's Human. a couple of right. Yeah, there's a number of conversations that we're particularly interested in. You know, we're really trying to, you know, it it it, it is called the cultivation classic, but it's about so much more than cultivation. It's about social justice. It's about taking care of your endogenous cannabinoid system. It's about a number of things that, you know, pretty much only have cannabis in common. So a, a couple of the conversations I'm particularly excited about is uh, Dr. Ethan Russo has agreed to join us again. Sorry, for our listeners, tell us who Dr. Ethan Russo is. So Ethan Russo is, uh, he's from Seattle and he worked for GW Pharmaceuticals, which is the company that developed Epidiolex, the pharmaceutical grade CBD oil for um, children. Yeah. Um, and he also, um, you know, since leaving GW, he's really built his reputation as the world's leading expert in cannabis pharmacology. Um, there really is no one more qualified to talk about, you know, the the biological effects of cannabis in the human body. I think Emma has a bunch of uh, those prayer candles with his face. <laughs> Him burning. and RuPaul yeah. sit yeah. on yeah. my yeah. mantle. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mine are like, <laughs> yeah, anyway, sorry. Who, who are on your prayer candles? Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I'll say something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So Ethan Russo is going to be joining us, um, and he's going to be having a patient conversation. So, you right. know, to really highlight that, 
even if you live in a regulated market, even if you're well connected in the cannabis industry, even if you have free cannabis, how difficult it is to have a medical journey with cannabis. And mm. so he's going to be there lending his expertise in a really unique way. So we're particularly excited about that. We've also got Dr. Natasha Riz coming down from, she's the um, head of science at Zenibus, a licensed Canadian producer. Um, she also has an incredibly diverse background and, and she's a really uh, engaging person to, to have on the stage with us. So we're, we're really excited about the kinds of things that we'll be able to bring to this audience in May. Right on. Mm. Um, let's get into a little bit more. I mean, we have um, several sort of topics that you guys are going to be covering. What can you tell us, for instance, about the topic of economic justice? I don't feel personally right or, or calibrated in the way that I think the, the cannabis conversation needs to if we completely ignore um, conversations about race and equity. Sure on our stage and economic justice is this hot topic that everyone here it seems like in Portland is happy to say yeah there's so much work to do yeah we really need to pass different or more accessible expungement legislation or yes we need to involve non-white people in our events and on our stages and um, for me it's not just words and I feel very strongly about taking actual action to integrate conversations about race and justice into um, this stage and so Amanda Chicago Lewis is is working to finalize panelists for a conversation about um, economic justice across state lines and hearing from people in city, different municipalities who've done things differently. And then, you know, on the flip side, there will be conversations that go really deep into soil science and polyculture and how plants talk to each other and share resources in the rhizosphere, rhizosphere. Don't ask me to talk about production. I'm the (laughs) party planner. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, it will be a very diverse. Do we know? Sorry. are, Are you saying like we're not entirely sure? Yet, all the, we haven't gotten final approval to announce publicly, is what you're saying. That is what I'm saying. Okay, yes. I got it. Sure, sure. I want to ask about the corporate versus craft, even if we don't know who the speakers are. Can you tell us about that sort of philosophically? You Certainly. Know? Yeah. So, so you know, we That's can't. A super interesting conversation. It really is. And we can't forget about the history. Where have we come from right. with you know, cannabis cultivation. And if you look at all these master gardeners and growers who have been doing this for generations and the kind of practices that they, you know, have um, taken upon themselves. And really that that is an artisanal process. It is a craft process. And so to leave that behind, you know, and switch over to, you know, mega greenhouses in the Palm Desert where, you know, everything is just under, you know, getting blasted with LEDs. And, you know, yes, that's efficient. And we have a distribution network and we have all of the things to to make an efficient supply chain and you know get cannabis out to the masses i think that there's probably room in this industry for both of those things mm-hmm. and so really this conversation on the stage is about highlighting the benefits of both of those approaches and and really you know what those different kinds of products or what those different kinds of processes can bring to the consumer how they can blend mm-hmm. yeah that's something we, we recently talked about here on the show. Mm-hmm. Talk to me, please, about the cutting-edge cultivation um, part, whatever, yeah, the, yeah. That, that topic. The, there there uh, is a very, very incredible um, production facility conversation that's about to happen. Lassa Schultz works okay. for Kronos Group in Canada. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Jeremy Plum from Proof. And hopefully a few other voices that are yet to be confirmed will be uh, talking about 
yeah, cutting edge technology in relationship to cannabis production facilities. Sort of tying back to that craft component. Yeah, Yeah, like we've got this like emerald triangle terroir, you know, like total sun grown, even like, what is it, dry, dry crops where you just don't water the cannabis at all. You just grow it in a riverbed. You know, there's that end of the spectrum. But then you have NASA level HVAC systems and, you know, an artificial intelligence program running the entire grow operation. So so these are all the, you know, these diverse perspectives are, are what we're highlighting. And, and Lhasa and Jeremy, you couldn't get two better ambassadors for that cutting edge component of indoor cultivation. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm very, well, there, I wonder if there will wind up being, what the crossover there is, what the Venn diagram between the corporate versus craft and the cutting edge cultivation segments will be that's i have a hypothesis what talise i think it's what the consumer gets out of it are what's what is what does the consumer gain from these processes and you know we we could argue that jeremy and Lassa's tightly controlled growing operations allow for very very consistent chemotypes that's the chemical phenotype of the of the plant it looks it has the same chemicals every single time it's harvested but that's a totally different thing than this wild product that is the result of being under the full sun in the place where it's supposed to grow those are two very different products which might have very different purposes. And so to be able to match those products with the people who need them or who want to explore their consciousness with those wildflowers, um, th- that I think is where we have the overlap. It all for, for me, it always comes back down to the human experience. This is why all of this is happening is because people are consuming this flower. That's great. That's, I, I totally agree. And um, I think that was very well said. Another uh, interesting subject that you guys are going to be, someone will be discussing, is non-traditional uses of cannabis. What can you tell us about that? Yeah. So so this is, you know, I, I think I hinted at it a little bit earlier about, you know, sort of taking care of your endogenous cannabinoid system. So for, you know, evolution has used the, the endogenous cannabinoid system all the way, you know, back to nematodes and reptiles and birds and all mammals. So we all have this system, you know, just like a digestive system or a hormone system or an immune system. It is another system in our bodies. And so medical science was very slow to catch on to this system. It wasn't even discovered until the 90s. And, and you know, doctors these days still have very little education about what the endocannabinoid system does and how it helps to regulate homeostasis, you know, sleep and appetite and stress and pain and all these things. So. So, you know, if we're all endowed with this system, you know, we, we have information about how to take care of our gut or, you know, how to have healthy bones or, you know, how to protect our brains. But we don't really have a whole lot of information about how do we how do we take care of our endogenous cannabinoid system that's so busy taking care of us. So that's going to be a really exciting topic. I'm, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm very excited to hear that one. I'm just going to be sitting in the front row for the the, the entire day. <laughs> Please uh, bring it. By the way, again, this is be the well, this is the third one, right? Have we this is the that? third one yeah. at Revolution Hall, but yeah. technically the fourth year of Cultivation Classic. Where's the, the first one? The North Warehouse. Yeah. It was not it was not a conference I as much as it was a party and celebration with a side stage of some content. And what actually happened um, in this really was a it was a product giveaway party there were food carts in the lot yeah. it was still in the, the you know the wild Hower west there, gave the keynote, he right? rode his bike of yeah, course yeah. I remember he, that. Yeah. yeah what actually happened was that folks took such an interest in the stage content that they had formed i had like a hundred chairs down thinking oh no one's going to care about this they're they're all going to be running around enjoying consuming and people sort of formed like 
a semicircle with their bodies behind the hundred chairs to to focus on the stage and folks were asking me to ask the DJ to turn the music off and asking me to ask the booths near to the stage to be speak quieter so that they really could hear and that was my cue to be like yeah people aren't here people aren't coming to this one for a product giveaway people right. are coming here to learn and to share information and um, that's when we did that to satisfy major, the yeah, intellectual curiosity give the people of what they want all that mm-hmm. people are doing around the space that's, that's awesome right. the last one i have on this list of topics that you guys are going to be covering and this is only a a smattering of you know you got there there, there will definitely be more but um what can you tell us about the predictive algorithm <gasps> oh my gosh you guys this is my favorite part so i saved it for last <laughs> So in with our judges' responses, you know, they, they have put in all of their responses to the different cultivars that they've sampled in their kits. And we have some really heavy-duty, you know, software capabilities, um, you know, powering this event. And through those capabilities, we've been able to develop an algorithm which analyzes the judges' responses to the cultivars that are in their kit and then spits out a recommendation. So, you know, Lisa last year. Year. Uh, she's the the individual that we brought up on stage, Lisa Snyder of Tokativity. Right. Uh, we brought her up on stage to celebrate the birth of this algorithm, which is, you know, Lisa, you really liked San Fernando OG and Gorilla Snacks wasn't in your kit. But based on all of your responses, this is a product that you're really going to like. And it was really nice at judge training. Someone, you know, asked her, hey, did did, did it work? And she agreed that it did indeed. Like she really enjoyed the product and it, the whole process of being a judge and getting that recommendation and being able to consume that product was really valuable to her. And she's, she felt really stoked to be a judge again this year. And of course, we're happy to have her back. But this predictive algorithm is really important because, you know, there's sort of, there's two general hypotheses that we could go with when it comes to, you know, what kind of cannabis is the right cannabis for me or or for this type of experience. So one hypothesis is that there's a set combination of chemicals that will reliably produce this effect, whether it's sleep or relaxation or whatever it is. So that's the basis of pharmacology. Ingredients make an effect. The other hypothesis is that the endogenous cannabinoid system that is unique to you and your body, that is what's driving the outcome. And so depending on the interaction between your personal endogenous cannabinoid system and the molecules that you introduce to it, that's what's going to give you the ultimate effect. And so, you know, we see some of this, you know, the same cannabis product will affect different consumers in very, very different ways. So it's important not to have this sort of prescriptive approach that this product is going to do this for you. Seems like a very East meets West sort of orientation. And in a way, it's, you know, as a laboratory scientist, you know, you're only controlling one variable at a time and you're watching what the outcome is from from this intervention. Um, and, and in a way, this, you know, embracing both the diversity of the human and the diversity of the plant, but still finding a way to offer the consumer something that is going to enable them to have a consistent and reliable experience with cannabis. That's really valuable. So the algorithm is super cool. Very cool. All right. So, what else? What have we missed? Have we missed anything? There is other one thing that I we want to continue to talk about before we get to like the last question. Yeah, another uh, really cool opportunity for any attendee of the event is that we create what we call the Hall of Data. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. What that means is that we we 
work with a large team to design a data poster for each of the 145 plants that we're competing in. And it's in the like cup. a Fillmore concert poster, right? I exactly. Mean, yeah, yeah. We, we slap them up on the wall, and what those posters tell you is, in addition to the laboratory analysis, you know, what terpenes were in this plant and in what proportions, um, total THC and CBD, and um, you know, other water content or moisture, and some other laboratory analysis, LOQ stuff. It also tells you where you can typically find that plant, um, which dispensaries you can buy it at. It also tells you what the judges said it would be good for. Was this weed good for hiking? Was it better for taking an afternoon nap? Great work session, etc. Yeah. And um, it tells you what how it scored on the RII tool, the, the power score tool, how energy efficiency was this production facility, energy efficient. It's a really cool visual installment and really approachable way for folks to take a look at the overall picture of plant quality. And um, that was something that we introduced in the 2017 event. Yeah, when you and did it people still ago, talk about I mean, it. We still mm -hmm. we have ours framed up at the Hi-Fi Farms production facility. Yep. Yeah, and that's exactly. what I was about to say is that these posters end up becoming uh you know, it's not just a, a beautiful piece of, you know, art that only lives on the wall that day, but it is it ends up being a marketing tool and a point of pride yeah. and a trophy even even to to be involved in this process is an honor for a lot of the cultivators and for them to be able to take this poster and send it off you know, with the package to the retail dispensary. And then the dispensary, even if it's not a category winner, that it's still a, a, a point of pride to say, hey, we went through this process and, and, you know, this was vetted by real people and this is what they had to say about it. So, so yeah, the ability for those laboratory results and this whole process to go on and live in perpetuity, it, it's really beautiful. For most producers, that it's an, it would be incredibly expensive to do that for like their cultivar so the fact that y'all are doing that for them effect effectively is super awesome yeah and the, those are you know some of the benefits from a producer's point of view but that data set is also highly valuable to a consumer um like a, a really simplified kind of elementary example would be you know the consumer who recently discovered that they maybe like um, terpene profiles that are beta caryophylline forward or dominant and um, they maybe have limited access to bud tenders who know what other plants right. in their shell on their shelf have beta caryophylline they can go into the hall of data and look for the donut that looks similar to the the donut i mean the the wheel of terpenes mm -hmm. that looks similar to this plant that they have tried maybe recently that has beta caryophylline in it and look for something adjacent and say i'm going to try that next mm -hmm. the hall of data data sounds like something out of like a marvel comic book <laughs> in a cool way going it's like a time awesome. warp yeah yeah you it's get like go, a go into the hall of data and then you'll come out like you know transform the market yeah, you'll you'll get to shake <laughs> out the shake forward or yeah. um well this Thank you guys for coming, and this is going to be a, such an incredible mm -hmm. event. I'm a g gigantic fan of it, as you both well know, and I look forward to being in the front row uh, for the entire day. Taking awesome. furious notes. I will probably not take notes, but... Um, with your brain. With my brain. <laughs> yes, my brain will take notes. We'll have all the information up on cultivationclassic.cc, mm -hmm. and w with your ticket, you also get entry to all these other satellite events, so have a look at the website and you know think about the kinds of experiences that you might want to you know be open to, and it's really an incredible value for all of the stuff that you leave with. This yeah. is happening Friday, May 17th, and Saturday, May 18th. 
Indeed. So, okay. So before we, before we let you go, we do have a final question to ask, which is something we always ask our guests. How do you define quality cannabis? Steph, I'll start with you. Uh, we're, I, I don't like own, to, we're building our own hall of data here. Yes, with that I, I, don't, I don't like to to lie about this fact. I'm a very, very irregular user of mm-hmm. cannabis As in any and all forms. Mm-hmm. And so my my answer is is very biased towards this work. This event, Cultivation Classic, is my relationship with cannabis, producing this project for the community here. Um, it, and it's not one of personal connection because I'm a consumer. And so I, I would answer that question by saying quality craft, quality cannabis is produced by sustainably minded folks with a scientific approach and is beautiful. And by that, I mean, you know, it, it looks like people put care into it. I like to think about beer or wine that has the whole package. It's well-priced, the label is gorgeous, and it tastes delicious. To me, that is a quality craft product. And I think that producing Cultivation Classic has exposed me up close and personal to a lot of flowers year after year that meet that benchmark. The producers who submit flour to this cup put that careful care and consideration into what they send to this cup. And um, so I would I would say quality cannabis is is that which gets entered into Cultivation Classic. Yes. <laughs> nice. Well done. Uh, Dr. Aidy, what do you got for us? Well, I think there's two components to this for me. One of them um, is mirrored in some of the sentiments that Steph shared, which is that, you know, in order for cannabis to thrive, it has to be sustainable. We have to put more into this earth than we take out of it. So right there, if you have regenerative and sustainable cultivation practices, boom, that automatically put, you know, bumps you up on the shelf. And so that's one really critical component that I think applies no matter what market you're in, no matter what continent you're on. Um, if you're um, if you're cultivating cannabis in a regenerative and sustainable manner, that, that automatically makes it a better quality product than the others. The other thing is very personal. You know, we know, again, that we, we keep referring to cannabis as one thing, but cannabis isn't one thing. It is one delivery system for a multitude and, and potentially countless different combinations of phytochemistry. So if we think about it from that perspective, then the the future of cannabis is personalized. So the the quality of the cannabis is going to depend on what a, a person determines is quality to them. What kind of experience is valuable to them? Do they need to completely forget about their day and just shut their brain off? Do they need to tune into their body at the beginning of the day? So so in some respects, you know, it, it's really important to think about again the consumer's perspective. What is the quality um, of the cannabis is reflected in enhancing the quality of their life great answer mm. all right i think we should have to have to leave it there steph barnhart and dr ad ray thank you so much for joining us today thank you thank uh, you once more the cultivation classic takes place may 17th and 18th at revolution hall you can find out more at www.cultivationclassic.cc you are listening to this is cannabis on x-ray fm and we'll be right back <laughs>
This is Cannabis is brought to you by the Craft Cannabis Alliance. The Craft Cannabis Alliance is a network of values-driven, Oregon-owned companies committed to defining, supporting, and celebrating authentic craft cannabis and building an industry dedicated to people, place, planet, and plant. The Alliance is leading the fight for interstate commerce in legal cannabis through the One Fix campaign. Export is the centerpiece of a successful Oregon industry that will support hundreds of farms and dozens of companies, providing world-class artisan products to legal markets and cannabis lovers everywhere. Thank you for staying with us. You were listening to This is Cannabis on X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. My name is Lee Henderson, co-founder of Portland Craft Cannabis Company, Hi-Fi Farms. And with me is Emma Chasen, the founder of Eminent Consulting. And now is the time when we make recommendations. Woohoo! How are you doing? What you got? I have got something that is actually cannabis focused. All right. So I was a judge for the first Cultivation Classic, and um, it is, it's a lot of work to be a judge. And so since then, I have kind of put put my judging hat aside Mm -hmm. um, and not done it. But but the first year when I did do it, I loved this variety of cannabis. And after the judging is, of course, double blind, so there's no bias. Um, But afterwards, you do get a spreadsheet as a judge where you can identify the variety the varieties of cannabis that you got to sample and, and judge. And my favorite one that I tried was Sour Kush by Can Essentials. Mm-hmm. And I I then like loved Sour Kush by Can Essentials specifically for like the next year. I was just obsessed with it. And this is now like. Why were you obsessed with it? Just really clear yep. um, in terms of like cerebral euphoria uh it was it made me very silly i had no heightened self-awareness which is something that i typically happens with cannabis where Mm -hmm. i get just like i can easily get inside my head and very self-aware and i hate that yeah indeed um and so that major likewise yeah and that eliminated that completely the sour kush and just made me really like silly and happy and just put me in like an incredibly good mood every single time and it wasn't really dose dependent either which was fascinating you to could me have a little I, bit you could have a lot and and it was great every single time mm-hmm. and um and i haven't had that variety in a while because i don't really buy cannabis anymore um i am i feel very grateful that i'm largely gifted cannabis mm-hmm. by various clients and people who i work with um and i found a jar of sour kush from can essentials last week actually from the bud tender appreciation brunch last year at the cultivation classic ah. so it was a year old but it was kept in a uh, airtight glass jar opaque and so it wasn't exposed to much oxygen or light which we know degrades thc into cbn so i popped it open and rolled myself a joint with a little bit of peppermint and i had one of the most amazing experiences that i've had in the last like Year, years since I've had it That's last. Great. It was so fun. I like didn't even really do much, but like just went and got Indian food yeah, and you didn't like have to. Exa- I didn't have to because I had such a great time. So Sour Kush by Can Essentials. That is my recommendation. Um it it really, really works for me. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, cool. My recommendation this week is a book I recently finished. Um, It's called The Valley of Genius, and it's by a guy called Adam Fisher. And this book is an oral history of Silicon Valley Mm. and uh, sort of the tech companies that were all came out of Silicon Valley. I recommend this book because it was a really interesting sort of thought experiment to me about what the a possibility for the cannabis industry 
uh, could be. And, you know, the the history of Silicon Valley basically begins, I mean, it begins sort of in like the early 60s, but it really begins in the late 70s with companies like Atari and Apple. Mm. And then, you know, the history, and when I say internet company, you know, companies, I mean, you know, um, kind of hardware companies, software companies, and then the internet, right? Right. And so it was just this, you know, it's this very early on, uh, it's this very interesting and colorful cast of characters, including guys like Steve Jobs and Wozniak and, and uh, you know, um, all those guys. And then and then you really start to see the progression of it getting more and more moneyed mm. and more and more corporate. Mm. And then there's like a kind of a there's kind of a fulcrum point um, when Netscape goes public and um, which happened on the same day uh, that Jerry Garcia died in 1995. Huh. Um, you were three years old. Yeah, I was. But I don't, we don't like to talk about that. <laughs> Um, and there was a joke in the book, which I actually thought was pretty funny that there was a joke going around at that period that, um, Jerry's, la- Jerry Garcia's last words were Netscape opened at what? Mm. Um, so, and then, and then from there, so I was having, uh, so my point is I was having a really good time reading this book about sort of all these like wildly brilliant misfits that kind of all found themselves in San Francisco and San Jose and, and Palo Alto and stuff kind of like, you know, bringing their minds to this, create this whole new thing. And then it got not darker, but just kind of more depressing as it went on. And and now to the point now where by the time the book gets you to Facebook, it's just like, oh, Jesus, you know. And now, you know, we sort of look at, you know, the Internet is basically run by five companies and literally, you know, Mm -hmm. everything's been bought up or or destroyed by those companies, you know, in one way or the other. And I think it's just a really interesting analog. You yeah. know, it's a really potential vision of our future. Yeah. I mean, corporate America favoring conglomerates and especially looking at that as kind of like a precedent or a map for now the next emerging industry, which is cannabis, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, the I think that it is foolish to think that it could go any other way, kind of, um, that and, far and outside of that. I want to be clear that, that I, I am not... I'm I am you know I am not wholly against all the M&A merger and acquisition uh, activity going on right here in the in the space and I'm not against I'm not even against somebody like John Boehner joining the Acreage Holdings board or whatever mm-hmm. you know um, necessarily like I'm not a, a reflexively anti-corporate anti mm-hmm. you know Wall Street or Silicon Valley type person but at the same time I definitely don't want it to be there are 5 cannabis companies right. worldwide and you know yeah. that's how it goes there's a coke and a pepsi and that's it or right. whatever there's a budweiser and a i don't know you know exactly so it was just um like i said and i think i've, I've mentioned this book once or twice on mm-hmm. the show before but um you know it just was a really interesting sort of thought experiment and and potentially very again not dark but not great Right. Vision I mean, of our future. Right. And you and then you think about data and security and, and all of that kind of stuff, like how much of our identities live on the Internet. Oh, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what kind of... It's a little I, dystopian. <clears throat> Go down yes. that so, rabbit hole. Um, yeah. Watch Children of Men this weekend, <laughs> folks. <laughs> No, that's our future. All right, that is it for this week's This Is Cannabis. Please remember to email questions and comments to thisiscannabis at xray.fm. Also, please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at thisiscanna on xray. This Is Cannabis is engineered by Will Romy, and our theme music is the song Impossible OK by Portland artist Motric. Please be sure to check them out on Spotify. Wubba, wubba, wubba. Good night and good luck, and thanks so much for listening.